Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where we are counting down the end of this glorious 2020. I know we all hate to leave it behind, (laughs) but just in case we're ready to leave it behind and at least get ourselves mentally in the right space for 2021, you know that that's what we're talking about all month long. And my next guest is Tatiana Sawyer, and she is, get this, I love this description. She's a numbers expert, which once we get into this, she's going to have to give me some therapy over numbers. We'll talk about it. Over 15 years of experience helping entrepreneurs and business owners become the boss of their bottom line. And also I'll share some other, you know, terrible stories about myself and and financial bottom lines that will make her laugh. And, you know, then we'll go on from there. And, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, she talks about is, you know, whether or not people's business ideas and concepts can really reach their fruition if they're terrified of numbers, which even more, as you guys all know, we'll get into that. And she will have an upcoming book. Also, for those of you watching on video, she's got the front cover of it, Dream Bold, Start Smart, which will be available in Q1 of 2021. So great way to start the new year. So first of all, Tatiana, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited to be. You say that now until I start telling you all my numbers uh, issues and you're going to go, wow, you totally need to see somebody about that. But Tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and how you help people to shock their potential. Sure. So I'm a, I'm a CPA. I've been in accounting for 15 years, and I accidentally got into working with a few small businesses as opposed to having a job for one person, for one company. So I started with the bookkeeping and then kind of grew into accounting, got my tax experience and so on. And when I was in college, I fell in love with accounting because it was something that was right up my alley. I was always good at math. It was something that was extremely logical and something that I could wrap my brain around, even though I never thought of myself as an accountant before. So I've worked with small businesses for 15 years and I've seen different industries, different leadership styles, different issues and struggles and, and so on. And so for the past few years, I've actually transformed my practice to help people be the boss of their bottom line, because that's what it's all about in business. Um, Everything we do, even though we may love or just like what we do, we do to create a better life for ourselves. 
And what ends up happening often is we build a business that's actually takes over our life. Mm -hmm. And what I help uh, business owners do is actually take their life back, um, make more money, do what they love and actually, you know, be their own boss, but also be the boss of, uh, boss of their bottom line so that you can actually keep more of your money. So mm -hmm. I do it through a variety of strategies, tax strategies, pricing, um, cash flow, and other things. But the ultimate goal is to put more money back in your bank account or your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you were talking, I'd love to take notes. And first of all, I had to giggle about your saying, you know, uh, that it. <laughs> It, you fell in love with accounting because I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> we have such a love-hate relationship with accounting in my own head. Um, but once long ago, somebody that I worked with, um, he, he would always say the language of business is math. And it always made sense to me. I've always, you know, I've always made money, helped companies make money, make lots of money. But there was an interesting thing that happened to me when I moved from working with businesses that were making, you know, anywhere from one to $15 million until all of a sudden I was responsible for a hundred million dollars in revenue for a, a huge company. Um, and I, all of a sudden, like looking at the PNL just made my head explode. Like I couldn't understand it. I couldn't deal with it. The amortization alone just makes me don't even talk about depreciation. And, you know, I was looking at all these factors that came into all of our revenue and all of our expenses. And I just, it was like, I'm done. And I was, you know, of my fellow VPs, I was the least intelligent in dealing with the numbers. And for so long, I let it make me feel bad. And so, you know, I was like, hey, I'm a great salesperson. I'm a great leader. I've got all this. But the numbers started to really weigh on me. And so finally, finally, I listened to my husband and he said, find yourself an ally in finance and ask them to tell you, dummy it down and say, give me the PL for dummies. Give me what I need, help me. And I mean, I always gave him credit for it, but it was finally when I went, okay, all right, I can deal with this. Cause I think it's really intimidating whether you're dealing, you know, with, you know, $10,000 a year or a hundred million dollars a year, those numbers, when you're not used to them can be really frightening. Yeah. And, and you know what, it's often, we're often prevented or at least many clients that are creatives or moms are often prevented from shocking their potential because of the lack of comfort with numbers. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's too bad because ultimately it's just numbers. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that it actually becomes easier, easier to manage, mm -hmm. easier to face, easier to, to address and to use in making your decisions every day. Because what ultimately happens when you start a business, you start because you love doing something. And then you have to deal with everything else, the not so fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So you start dealing with that and that overwhelms you and often takes over and you end up hating your business and end up with not something that you wanted or you had a dream of building or having, but something else, something like a broken mm -hmm. dream, a broken record or, you know, wh whatever, whatever it may be, but it's just not what you always wanted. And mm -hmm. um, I often tell my clients and not only clients, but also my followers, don't fake it till you make it when it comes to numbers, you know, face it early and, and you will, you can actually shock your potential for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I finally, with this company, when I started um, shock your potential and I realized, you know, at the beginning I was still doing everything and running all the pieces, but the part I still hated 
was, you know, sitting down every month to do QuickBooks and, you know, I didn't mind doing my expense reports. I didn't even mind looking at the numbers. I just hated it. I just hate it. So that's what I'm saying. When you said you loved accounting, I'm, I hate that part. And it was making me nuts every month. And so finally my husband said, how can I help you? And he's very analytical and he's very, you know, black and white kind of thing. And I said, you know, this is going to actually terrify me to ask you to do this, but I want you to take over the books. And I said, but you can't ask me why I spent $4 on a Starbucks coffee. <laughs> Like, here's some ground rules because I want our marriage to survive this. But when I let that go, it was so phenomenal. And now once a month, we actually have a business meeting that's a financial meeting. Once a quarter, we have a personal financial meeting. And um, in fact, today when I'm done with everything else, I have to wrap up our, our Q3 um, data so that we can have our next you know quarterly meeting. And it, it really is freeing when you get there. But if you're not there, and I wasn't there for a long time. <laughs> I think I let him have the books, I think, in February of this year. So I clearly kept on that for a while. <laughs> it's hard to let people go. How do you help them to, like, you know, not only just look at it when they don't want to look at it, but pry it out of their hands when they know they need to give it up? You know, it's interesting. And I think it more it relates to, like, accountants are notorious for this, for not letting go. We're control freaks. Mm. We're OCD. Mm. I mean, like, really OCD. Um, so for us, what, what I've noticed over the years working with some of the biggest, my biggest clients, some of the most impressive CEOs that I worked with was to actually, where, where I found them to really find comfort was not letting it go completely. Meaning I have CEOs mm -hmm. who still pay their own bills and I am actually okay with that because I want you to know what's happening. Oh, yeah. I want you to know what, what money is coming out of the bank account. Um, and negotiate with a vendor. Like I've had a client who um, had to close down his store and his office and move, consolidate operations. He had a store. So he negotiated with, with the landlords, but he wouldn't be able to do it if he was not able to look up a bill or something. Mm -hmm. So I do the bookkeeping, I do the taxes, I do the reconciliations and everything, but he's always in QuickBooks. He was looking at these numbers. He developed his own little tools and for him, that's control. What I love about it is that he actually, we have a little budget, we have a little forecast for cash. So he knows exactly whether or not he can afford something. He looks at the forecast and like, oh, you know what? In this month, we're gonna have a cash dip, but next month we should be able to hire someone to help us with this, this, and this. And that's yes. exactly where I want people to be. And yeah. so in my mind, I'm not taking the power away from them in terms of controlling their numbers. I'm actually giving it to them I just do the mechanical part, the, the stuff that you would hate. Um, so yeah, exactly. that, that's where I feel the, the best approach, at least in my practice, has been. Well, good. I'll, so when it gets to be too big of a job for my husband, we'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> so far, he's like, it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. I'm like, yeah. okay, just don't ask me about that coffee. Um, I think it, it's really, it really is. Um, I love how you said that, that, you know, you still may work on the details and the numbers, but the more, you know, the more you do have power and you have, you know, with knowledge is power and, and the more you can understand your numbers and be a part of it and sometimes be a part of those negotiations. I think the more you, you understand and then trust your team even more. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I always um, help clients set mechanisms in place to prevent, you know, theft. I've certainly come mm -hmm. across, um, professionals who are not honest. So mm -hmm. to me, integrity is 
the top quality, uh, but you know, trust, but verify kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I always, when I, let's say right now I'm hiring an accountant for a client, an in-house accountant who will, who will deal with the day to day. And they are my first, like, we are going to create, we're going to give them power to pay bills and so on, but we'll set limits and we'll set approval processes and so on and so forth. So there are definitely things that you can do to kind of safeguard your business because your business is everything to you, but it's not for somebody else who's working for you. Yeah, so true. I used to work with medical um, clients all over the country. And I, I, I know that at least six times, I think maybe seven, um, I found people that were embezzling. And one prosecute, others we terminated. But I had a client that I had just started working with and I found out his practice manager um, was embezzling. And she'd probably embezzled about $75,000. And I went to him with it and I said, here's the deal. And he goes, well, but she's a single mom and she's this. And I go, what? <laughs> like, okay, yeah. that has nothing to do with the fact she stole a lot of money from you. And he's, you know, he kept coming back to me saying, no, we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. And I said, then I cannot work with you because I am not going to work with a company where you knowingly have somebody who's embezzling. That's not, that's not okay on my part. That's not okay on your part. If you choose to do that with your business, that's your business, but I would highly advise against it. But it was interesting because as you're talking about, this is your business, you know, you should care about it. Um, many times with medical practices, these doctors who've started with like a, a um, you know, somebody who was their receptionist and has, you know, kind of moved their way up. Yeah. Um, they trust them. And sometimes that person, and, Many times that person has earned that trust. Many of them are amazing, but every once in a while, some will say, realize they can take a little out of the cash drawer. They can take a little bit here. And then the next time it's a little bit more. And in e each of those cases where I found those, that is exactly how it started. But it was because the doctors were no longer in touch with what the bills were, what they, all that they saw is, you know, the kind of the monthly breakdown, but they, they never went in and took, you know, like a, their own little litmus test of, you know, what things were actually costing or what was going through. And that they can be not only costly to your business, they can, they could decimate your business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's even, um, I think there's um, a joke about it. Um, you know, there, the father uh, was, was tucking the son um, in bed and the father you know, and the father says, like, you know, you got reprimanded today at school for, you know, for taking someone else's pencil. Like, why would you steal someone else's pencil? If you needed a pencil, you ask me, I'll bring you a couple from work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's the story going? Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> Not teaching the right lesson. Well, speaking of teaching the right lessons, especially with what you do, we're trying to empower all my listeners this month to feel like they can you know, really takes control of something in the, in the last few days and weeks of 2021 and, you know, mentally start to clear out some headspace to start with a brand new year, regardless of what happens. So, you know, do you have some good tips that people can employ right now to make them feel like they at least are starting to have some control over the financial part of their lives and businesses? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And there are a couple of things and many of them will relate to taxes just due to the nature of oh, the yeah. timing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that can be done and should be done before the year is over so that you can actually change something and ah. pay less tax and, and you know, incorporate some certain things um, before it's too late. Because oftentimes what happens is people start dealing with their taxes after the year is over and then now all of a sudden they owe, um, which in business is pretty often or frequent and mm -hmm. um, they owe and then there's nothing you can do because you can't turn back time. 
Right. So in before the year is over, a couple of things that um, your audience can do is, well, first of all, review your year to date numbers. Mm -hmm. This year has been um, kind of <laughs> bad for most for many businesses. And maybe um, if you're running a loss, for example, if you know that you're going to be at a loss for the year and you have some traditional pension accounts um, sitting, maybe it's time to do a backdoor conversion. Um, it's basically taxing some of the uh, pension accounts that was previously not taxed so that you can offset the loss, but pay zero tax and make oh. that money available to you later with tax free. Basically. Oh, wow. It's definitely something that you cannot handle on your own, but right. just knowing, being aware of that strategy alone will prompt you to ask your accountant, you know, maybe we should do a backdoor IRA. Maybe we should convert it because I'm running a loss this year and then let them handle the details. And with, you know, with the specific specifics for your uh, situation, kind of see where you are and what level uh, would be beneficial for you. Maybe not the entire thing, maybe a third of it or a quarter. That's kind of one of those strategies that you can decide on before the year is over, because realistically, once the year is over and the accountants are in the tax season mode, you really won't have a lot of time with them. Right, right, <laughs> right. So and that's important. That, that's a brilliant concept. I never, ever would have thought about that. And that's really brilliant because if you're already at a loss, it's like, you know, buying when the market's down, you know, how do you take advantage of, of sometimes these dips? for, you know, for your better situation. So if you're already running at a loss for your business, why not do something else that allows you to take more advantage of that? That's brilliant. I love it. What else you got? <laughs> so all of that starts with reviewing your numbers. Then um, a lot of people have these LLCs, mm -hmm. which attorneys recommend, Google recommends, LegalZoom recommends, whatever. But from a tax perspective, and, I'm, and the reason I'm speaking to that is because I'm a tax planner. I'm actually trained in proactively looking for opportunities to save people money on tax. Mm -hmm. And um, LLCs are the worst when it comes to tax. You pay the most amount of tax with an LLC. However, from a perspective of converting it to something else, it's the best. It's the most flexible entity that you can get. So if you're kind of uh, nearing your end and you know that um, you have an LLC and you made a profit, a solid profit for the year, and it's a single member LLC, which means you're not filing a separate business tax return, mm -hmm. maybe it's time to do a retroactive conversion for the, for, for the current year. Mm -hmm. it, not all accountants know how to do it properly, but find someone who can. It's not that expensive. It's something that could save you potentially a lot of money. There are a couple of tips and tricks on how to actually do it. So seek some, someone who's knowledgeable in that. Mm -hmm. But it could save you on 100,000, it could save you 15% uh, of about 50 grand or, or, or 45,000 or so. So it's fairly significant if you, if you uh, do it correctly. And you can do it retroactively. There are, there are special procedures to, to get it done. So that's another, that's another, another strategy. I love that. Um, I, did, I actually did that with my last company about 10 years ago. We uh, probably was about... 12 years ago when we did that. We did that exact same thing because all of a sudden if things were moving into a different tax bracket my, yeah. and uh, my accountant said, hey, this is a great opportunity to switch. And, I, and it turned out really, really well for us. I, I keep that in the back of my mind as well. I haven't got, done that yet with this business, but that's really smart. Yeah. And now with the new kind of tax reform that we had a couple of years ago, 
um, it really prompted uh, multi-entity structures because of this new deduction that we get, the 20% deduction that's really um, lucrative, like everybody wants it, and, but there are certain limitations. So how to take advantage of those limitations, oftentimes the answer is multi-entity structure. So there are businesses that are what's called a specified service trader business, which means that there are like professionals, like accountants, attorneys, medical professionals, doctors, and so on. Those people, they get limited, uh, they get a limitation on that deduction and over a certain amount, they can no longer get any of it. But if you create a multi-entity structure, that might be the answer. And like I said, it's not something you can do on your own, but it's something that if you know, you can approach your tax planner and say, you know, let's take a look at what we can do here. Um, and then Very another good. thing, um, there are a couple of income shifting strategies. And again, this is something that you can do only before the year is over. Um, shift income to lower tax brackets. For example, um, and this is not, it's fairly well known in the accounting world, but it's not as well known in the regular people world. <laughs> um, but um, if you have a child over seven, a seven and over, that's what the tax court has kind of set the, uh, the, the um, I guess the limit, um, seven and over kids can perform services for your business. Um, and if you wanted to put, set money aside for their education, for example, give them compensation from your business because earned income, when they actually work for the income, it's not subject to kitty tax, which other investment income is. Mm -hmm. um, so typically if you give your child money and the money earns interest or dividends, they get taxed at the same rate that you do, but then it, it's called kitty tax. Um, if they make money, they actually work for their money. Um, then it does, it's not subject to that. So if you give your child, let's say $6,000 of compensation for the year, you issue them a 1099 or put them on payroll. And then you put that money away into a Roth IRA because Roth IRA limits are right now 6,000. So every year they go up a little bit, but what it does is it creates a couple of things. First of all, if they want to take this money out at 18, they'll pay a penalty. So they'll lose a part of the money. Mm -hmm. Um, so they can't just use it as their kind of BS yeah, fund. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to use it to go to prom. <laughs> exactly. Oh. But if they want to pay for their college education, they can write the check directly to the college from the account, tax-free, penalty-free. Wow. Also, also, if they have a medical emergency and they have to pay out of pocket, that money paid directly to the medical institution, whether it's a hospital or a doctor, penalty-free, tax-free. And if they don't need the money, if they don't go to college or whatever, that money is there for them as a safety net. Right. So it's something that you can do. Like you have to actually pay your children. You have to actually have to follow the state laws, mm -hmm. you know, labor laws and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's something that you can do before the year is over. Yeah. And a lot of people who have small businesses, you know, maybe they're making t-shirts or they're, you know, whatever. And they have kids at home that are helping them anyway, because, you know, everybody's like, you know, kicking in. Um, yeah. that's a great way to make a different tax opportunity for your business, but really invest in their future. Those are, that's phenomenal. Too bad my son's almost 30, but yeah. <laughs> well, if you're supporting him, you could still do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not supporting him. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> okay. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> so like some people have like, uh, the, what's great about this strategy is that let's say you're in a 35% tax bracket. When you issue compensation to your child, 
they're going to be, and it's under 12,000, they're going to be in the 0% tax bracket. So you're getting after tax pension contribution by, and not pay a penny in tax. Wow. Wow. All these, I would have never known these things. This is brilliant. I love it. All right. Do you have anything else for us? Um, I think um, I've gone pretty, pretty in depth. I feel That's like a lot. I know. I took a lot of notes. Um, but you know, it doesn't hurt. It never hurts to look at your numbers. Some people support their parents or their girlfriend or somebody. Why not make them help you with something in your business and pay them and make those that support that financial support, you know, before tax. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's- always look for ways to income shift to these people with lower tax brackets. That's really brilliant. And I think, and another thing that you brought up earlier that I just want to reiterate is, you know, to your point, you know, it's, we're still in early December. So there's time now over the next few weeks to talk to your, your accountant and and talk about some of these things and get them in motion. Because yes, after, I don't know, January 20th, after that point in time, my accountant's always losing their mind. So, (laughs) you know, if you get it in there, you're in great shape, but right. There's not as much opportunity to dive into some of these things that might be more creative. I mean, they'll certainly do it if you ask them, but it's a lot better to get ahead of the game on some things and um, have them already in motion. So you're not trying to play catch up right at the end. So absolutely. And and here's the thing. It's interesting, but um, there, there are different accounting firms, the traditional ones, which are just, you know, tax returns once a year, that type of engagement. There are other firms like mine, which is advisory. So I speak to my clients, to many of them weekly, monthly, or sometimes daily. And what's great about it is that um, people think, oh, traditional accountants, their slowest time is November, December. But when I'm asked, like, is this your slowest time? Like, no, I'm working on, on, on next, on this year's tax planning with clients so that we can incorporate some of the stuff, run payroll if we convert you to something else, Um, do some adjustments so that you can pay less tax legally. So that time is always busier uh, for us, Um, not busier than tax season for sure, but busier than normal um, kind of flow of the year. So definitely reach out the sooner the better. I love it. And that's really, you know, it's really important to have people in your corner that are looking at your business, you know, from a proactive standpoint instead of reactive, because the only way to save money uh, in this way is to plan ahead and understand what your options are. And if you don't know, you can't even ask. So, and not many people are going to volunteer it if they are just doing what needs to be done always. So I love it. Tatiana, fabulous uh, um, information here. I, like I said, I have a whole page of notes. Um, I know we'll have all your contact information uh, in the show notes, but in case somebody wants to, you know, type it in right now and find you, what's the best way for them to find you? Sure. Um, so my website, talktotatiana.com. We'll have a lot of information about what I do, my business, my book, and, and some programs that I've launched um, also to learn more, to actually face your numbers early. Oh, I love it. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Um, I know that numbers can be overwhelming, but don't be an ostrich. Don't you know, fake it till you make it. <laughs> don't bury your head in the sand face your numbers, ask questions. Even if you think that they're stupid questions, there's no such thing. Um, And the word of advice is, you know, don't fake it till you make it, face it and face it early and often. And that's how you can get to build your dream business and to shock your potential. I love it. Thank you so much for being a guest today. You have fantastic information for us. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.